This is a WKYT podcast. Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant, and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers. It's the season for lively political debates and discussion, and later Greta Van Susteren will be joining us, and we'll be talking about the Kentucky matchup between Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and Democratic challenger Amy McGrath, who are set to debate Monday night. That's shortly. But as we pay attention to the races across the Commonwealth, we're reminded that the 1st Congressional District stretches from the Mississippi River eastward to some counties in our viewing area in central Kentucky. That includes Campbellsville and down into some of the Lake Cumberland region. The incumbent congressman is Republican Jamie Comer, a former Kentucky Agriculture Commissioner. Congressman Comer's Democratic challenger is James Rhodes, who's a veteran and a great-grandfather. We're going to talk to both of them today. Congressman Comer is joining us first. Thank you very much for being with us. We appreciate that. Thanks for having me, Bill. Congressman, the uh, coronavirus obviously a front and center in America right now with the uh, cases and deaths climbing and states again trying to figure out how to deal with it. Uh, do you think that the U.S. has done a good job in containing COVID-19? I think we've done as, as well as could be expected. We're in uncharted territory with this, uh, with this virus. No one saw it coming. Uh, but I believe that uh, we've learned a lot through the process. We know to wear masks. We know to socially uh, distance ourselves from other people. And I believe that the federal government has done a great job in coming up with a, with a vaccine. Now, the vaccine's probably not going to be available until probably January, maybe even February. But that's still going to be record time. So I, I believe we've handled the situation about as well as we could handle it from a health standpoint. Is that a time frame that uh, that you are hearing right now uh, on that, or is that your speculation based on uh, just uh, the information you have? That's that's accurate. The FDA came out last week and um, implied that it may be a, a few more months than what was earlier projected, but it's still uh, showing very positive results. I think we've all seen where the vaccine continues to morph a little bit, and that has a, a slight impact on the vaccine, but. We have five major private sector uh, drug companies that have worked together on this for the first time in the history of America. Uh, they're not uh, competing against each other. Everybody's working together to try to find the vaccine. And I, I think we're going to have one uh, certainly by the 1st of February. You know, th this has really been uh, sort of handled state by state, though there has been uh, the, the federal overlay in the efforts, uh, but there were some tough restrictions in Kentucky and that mask mandate has now been extended again. Uh, most of the medical community say that's important. It works to keep people uh, apart as much as possible and they're telling people to mask up. Uh, there has been tough resistance to that as well uh, to, and to some of the directives out of Frankfurt and from local health departments. What are your thoughts on that, on, on, uh, on those who, uh, you know, are resistant to uh, the rules right now? Well, I believe everyone should wear a mask. Uh, ideologically, I'm opposed to government mandates. I believe that Bashir forcing people to do it, he's automatically going to get a, a resistance from people that don't like big government, that don't trust big government. So I believe that, uh, you know, some of the tactics have probably led a lot of people to be rebellious on the on wearing masks. But certainly the science shows that 
wearing a mask reduces the spread and I encourage everyone to wear a mask. The economic impact of the pandemic has been severe and deep. Uh, there was a, a, a big shot of government help with the CARES Act that went through uh, uh, just before summer, but uh, both parties now say something more needs to be done, but can't agree on another stimulus bill. Do you think that will happen soon, or are we in a logjam here until uh, after the election? I think we're in a logjam until after the election. Uh, I believe that when we look at what needs to be done from a quote-unquote stimulus standpoint, uh, the most important thing we need to do is provide liability, not just for businesses, but for universities, for schools. Our economy is never going to recover as long as we're closed down. And a lot of businesses and a lot of uh, universities and schools, they're afraid to reopen and, and they want to reopen safely. And I think everybody's heart's in the right place, but they're concerned about liability protection, especially in a state like Kentucky, where we've never attempted to pass any type of tort reforms. And it's a very uh, friendly state for trial attorneys, just drive up and down the road and, and see all the billboards advertising for business. So from my standpoint, the most important thing we can do uh, in further legislation to, to protect the economy is to provide liability protection. And that would uh, be strictly for uh, COVID-19 situations, or do you uh, support something uh, more broad than that? Well, I support something more broad than that, but uh, realistically, the only thing that uh, we should be focused on right now is COVID protections, because, you know, the federal government has operated in a deficit like we should never even imagine. Uh, over the past year because of COVID-19. And prior to COVID-19, the federal government's been spending too much money for decades. But we cannot continue to print money. We cannot continue to borrow from China and pay people to not work, pay businesses to remain shut down. We, we have to try to safely reopen the economy. My congressional district bill is down the Tennessee state line, as you know. I can tell you, Tennessee, really never missed a beat in their economy. Their economy's always been, uh, unfortunately, superior to Kentucky's. But during this COVID, they've really taken advantage of Kentucky being shut down. Their restaurants have, have thrived while ours have, have suffered greatly with the restrictions. Uh, the, the unemployment in Kentucky is so uh, liberal to where many people have been drawing unemployment for many, many months, uh, while in Tennessee, once they reopened the economy after a couple of weeks, uh, those people had to go back to work. You know, the biggest complaint I get from my employers is they can't get their employees to come back to work because they're making more drawn unemployment. So Kentucky has really uh, suffered as uh, with respect to Tennessee with how we've handled the coronavirus from an economic standpoint. So if there is a, a new stimulus bill, how would that look to you? Uh, I mean, some call for more direct payments, you know, like the $600 addition uh, right. to unemployment that was going out, and yet uh, the critics, and I take that maybe that you are one of those, mm -hmm. uh, feels that that is a disincentive for people to go back to work. It is a disincentive. I think we need to target specific industries Certainly the restaurant industry, anything in, in leisure and tourism, uh, the airline industries, there are specific industries that have just been devastated and no one would disagree with that. I think that's what uh, the next stimulus needs to be focused on, specific industries. Certainly we need to continue to uh, ensure that when the vaccine is available, that every American gets the vaccine free of cost. We don't want costs 
to uh, be a factor in this. We've spent so much money, we need to make sure that everyone has this vaccine. So uh, that's what I would focus on. Certainly, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, the liability protection should be at the, at the top of the list. The problem we're having in Washington is Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats want to take advantage of this opportunity and have a liberal uh, wish list of projects that they can throw funding at. And that's not what we need. We need to focus on safely reopening the economy. We also need to obviously focus on ensuring that we have better testing and that every American has access to the vaccine at no cost. How frustrating is it to, for you and I, and I assume people on the other side of the aisle to know something needs to be done and to realize that there is just no getting it done right now for the American people? It's very frustrating. I've been in Congress now for four years and it just seems like it gets more partisan and more divisive every year. Uh, I certainly hope after this election, regardless of the outcome of the election, that we can come together. There'll be a window of opportunity where there's one whole year with no elections on the ballot. Uh, certainly, there'll be a lot of new faces in Washington. There are going to be a lot of new members of Congress by virtue of retirement. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, the, the polling shows there could be, you know, several people lose re-election. Uh, regardless of whether the president wins or loses, he's going to have a, a pretty much a whole new cabinet probably for his second administration. So. We're going to have a lot of new faces there, and I certainly hope that we can uh, put partisanship aside and try to focus on areas where there is agreement, where there are uh, possibilities to have bipartisan legislation. And you know, the first thing that comes to mind is infrastructure. We desperately need to invest in our infrastructure in America. When you talk about stimulus, if we're going to stimulate the economy, I would rather spend money on things that we need instead of funding things that Nancy Pelosi wants or instead of paying people not to work. I believe that we have an infrastructure crisis in America. We need to be investing in roads, bridges, and broadband. That's a huge issue in rural America. We've seen with the virtual learning and all the challenges that we're going through for teleconferencing. Uh, we, we have inferior broadband in rural America and we need to make that investment. And that's what I support for the next uh, stimulus. Congressman, you cover some 35 counties from the Mississippi Delta to central Kentucky, just southwest of Lexington. How do you represent a, a district like that with so much territory and so many different kinds of needs? Well, it's about a five and a half hour drive from uh, eastern Casey County all the way to Hickman, Kentucky. But uh, I'll tell you, it's the, it's the district that I, I couldn't pick 35 better counties uh, we stay active. I love uh, my district because it's rural Kentucky. And obviously, you know, the, the world looks different in far western Kentucky than it does in, in the eastern part of my district. You know, when you get to the eastern part of my district, you're, you're in the foothills of Appalachia. But uh, one thing is consistent. Uh, it's a conservative district. They have conservative values. I have four really good field reps that are, that are active. I have some great caseworkers. So, uh, I, we've enjoyed our four years in Congress and um, hope that uh, people would think that we've made a difference and we're going to keep trying to do what's best for our people. If you're reelected the, this November, what uh, will your priorities be for your next term? Well, next term, I just want to bring people together. We, we've got to come together on things like infrastructure. We certainly have to come together on uh, COVID, not just 
the vaccine. When, when we get the vaccine, it, it's not over. We're, we're going to have to repair a broken economy. And I think that one of the things standing in the way of the economy is, is government. I, I think that uh, Kentucky has been too strict. I've been very vocal about that. I've been a critic of that. And I base that on representing Southern Kentucky along the Tennessee border and seeing what Tennessee's done. And, you know, they haven't, they haven't crippled their economy uh, through forced shutdowns and, and uh, excessive regulations on seating capacity and meeting requirements. Their positivity rate per capita isn't, you know, what Kentucky's is. So th there's a way to safely reopen the economy and we have to focus on every means possible to ensure that we get Americans back to work. Kentucky for a while had the highest unemployment rate in, in the nation, that's unacceptable. Especially when so many employers are, are trying to find workers right now. So, you know, we, we've just got our, our priorities wrong in Kentucky. I think we need to focus on uh, the economy. If, if we don't improve the economy in Kentucky, they're gonna have a hard time in the next two general assembly sessions in Frankfurt paying the bills. Well, you have, uh, uh, you're serving in Washington. You've talked a lot about Frankfurt, so, so uh, I think this question is fair, and you probably knew it was coming. <laughs> you ran for governor in 2015. You narrowly lost. You shared with us that you strongly considered running again in 2019. Uh, is that in the cards for you now for the 2023 election? Well, you know, a lot a lot's changed in, in Washington. Um, I've just got elected to be the top Republican on the Oversight Committee, which is one of the major committees in Washington. I did that in three and a half years. So, you know, we're making a lot of progress in Washington, but my heart's always been in Kentucky. Uh, I love, uh, I love Frankfurt. I love the, uh, the state legislators, the county judge executives, the magistrates. I still keep in touch with all of those guys all across the state, not just in my congressional district. And uh, you're, you're right. If Matt Bevin hadn't run again, which the polls were, were correct on that, that he shouldn't run, uh, I was ready to go. And I, I feel like it would have been a different outcome against uh, Andy Bashir than what we had with Bevin. But, you know, I don't know what the future holds. But right now I'm very honored to be in Congress. I think we're uh, making a lot of progress uh, from, from uh, my committee standpoint and what I'm able to do with my constituents. So right now I'm, I'm focused on Washington, but you never know what the future holds. Obviously keeping your options open. Congressman, thank you uh, for speaking with us. We appreciate it uh, very much. Thank Bill, you. thank you. And stay with us here on Kentucky Newsmakers, and we'll meet the Democratic candidate in the 1st Congressional District coming next. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. We're glad to be with you here on this Sunday morning. And West Virginia native James Rhodes served in the U.S. Army, later worked in a Pennsylvania steel mill. He ended up in, in Kentucky and worked for the city of Paducah. He says he wants to help veterans. He calls himself an average American citizen. And we welcome him now to Kentucky Newsmakers running in that first congressional district. Mr. Rhodes, thank you for being with us. Mr. Rose. Sorry, sir, I couldn't, couldn't copy that. Why are you running for Congress, sir? I'm running for Congress because it seems like so many people has been forgotten. Our farmers, we have nearly 600 bankruptcies in our farming communities. With the present day trade policies, they can't, they can't sell their products for what it's worth. For instance, soybeans has dropped $2 a bushel 
they get left out of the stimulus deal. They don't get the bailouts. Our working men and women are losing protections right and left. The Republicans are trying to leave, uh, trying to break the unions. And if they break the unions, then people lose their wages. They lose their insurance. Our senior citizens stand to lose Social Security, which is the majority of their income, lose pre-existing conditions. The working men and women and the small industries, small Mm -hmm. shop owners are being forgotten about in this present administration and our present congressman he votes with this administration 98.6 percent of the time if you are privileged sir to go to washington what do you think needs to change yeah whole attitude towards the uh, middle-class America, the low-income America, needs to change. Like right now, the states desperately need government assistance. They're not getting it. They stand to lose everything. But it seems like our U.S. Senator wants the states to file bankruptcy. That's another way to break the unions, break the working class. And if we don't get some federal assistance, people are going to lose their homes. They're going to lose their farms. They're going to be evicted from their homes. And the whole system needs overhauled for the benefit of working people. What do you think of the federal response to COVID-19 and how would you handle it differently? COVID-19 plays a big part, but COVID-19 is the reason that we need this federal assistance now. So you, basically the economy and, and, and working people, and as you have said, agriculture, uh, seem to be the, the main uh, tenants of, of your campaign. Uh, do you think uh, you would be able to get uh, the attention of others in Washington and, and, and pass some things to make some changes? Well, the thing is, it seems like everybody in Washington now is strictly party line. What happened to the idea? You walk across the line, across the aisle, you shake hands with your colleague, and you simply say, hey, this is not about me and you. I know we have differences, but let's work together here and get something done for our constituents. You mentioned early on helping veterans. Uh, what would you like to see in that regard? 
Could you repeat that, sir? You mentioned that you would like to help veterans. Uh, what, what would you like to see done there? Sir, I still didn't understand. Yes, sir. How, how would you help veterans, sir? You, you said you would like to help veterans. The veterans. I yes. am a disabled veteran. Yes. We have so many veterans that are homeless. Veterans aren't getting a fair deal. They're not getting what they've been promised. They're not getting what they deserve. We need a fully funded VA system. And we need to treat our veterans like veterans. They're not losers. They're not suckers. They're American heroes. Sir, you also said on your campaign website that everyone has the right to be treated equally and fairly. Uh, is that happening now, do you think? And, and what would you propose to do so that everyone is treated fairly? Sir, I'm going to have to ask you yes, to repeat sir. that again. You have said that you want to see that everyone is treated equally and fairly. Uh, how do you do that? What's the most important thing there? But the thing is, if I am elected, I have no special interest that I'm obligated to. I don't take PAC money. I don't take money from large corporations. And we need to Kind of stuck here. Yeah. Kind of lost my train of thought there. Well, it's okay. Thank you, sir, for being with us. We appreciate it very much, and uh, and uh, thanks again. We hope you'll stay with us. Now we are coming back with Greta Van Susteren, and we'll talk about the U.S. Senate debate coming up Monday night. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers here on WKYT. The nation is watching Kentucky as we vote for U.S. Senator. Incumbent and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is hoping to win a seventh six-year term. Retired Marine Lieutenant Colonel Amy McGrath is hoping that her second try to run for an office in Congress will be successful. Our Chief National Political Analyst Greta Van Susteren is joining us now to talk about the campaign and, and what's going on here. Uh, this is interesting, a big deal for Kentucky to have this uh, debate, uh, Greta. And uh, how much do you think this is being watched nationally, this race? Oh, I think this is this may be big for Kentucky, but it's also really big for the nation because this is a Senate majority leader. So I hate to put pressure on you, Bill, but all eyes are going to be on your debate uh, on on Monday night because this is very important. It's not it's not just the Senate majority leader, but the Senate is so closely split. And should the Senate majority leader lose in Kentucky, then of course that's one more Democrat in the Senate, and it could be the one that shifts it over from a Republican Senate to a Democratic Senate. So this is a very important debate for so many reasons, and you have very interesting candidates. You've got one with a long history in Senate, and then you've got Amy McGrath, who has a very rich, you know, experience in the military, and you know, she brings a lot of interesting things to the table. So, uh, not to put a lot of pressure on you, Bill, but this one is exciting for anybody who likes politics and important for the nation and Kentucky. Oh, right. And as, so, as, as people do watch this, and, and as you watch Senate races generally, uh, do you find that voters generally put more uh, emphasis on national issues because uh, that's what uh, senators are voting on, or do these uh, become uh, more local races. 
Well, I know you have important issues like coal in Kentucky and hemp, but um, actually, you know, the, the national issues are the local issues. Um, take COVID. That virus doesn't, it, it doesn't know any borders. It doesn't just stick in Kansas or Wisconsin or wherever. I mean, and all the policies about COVID, are, a lot of them are set at the national level. So a lot of these issues that, uh, you know, they affect all, they affect every single one of us. Another one, of course, is the uh, stimulus bill. And, and because there's so many people who are unemployed, so many people have lost jobs for COVID, obviously the more urban areas have suffered probably more because people are more cl are closer contact and more people got COVID in closer contact. But, you know, these, these, you know, it's hard to find an issue that you would say is simply local. Even coal, you know, the rest of the country uses coal. So um, I'm not so sure there, there is such a thing as a local issue anymore, and certainly not with such a high-profile uh, race as you have with the Senate Majority Leader. And McConnell obviously uh, uh, tries to talk to voters about the importance that that position holds, and with his uh, uh, longevity and seniority in Washington, he says that's an advantage for Kentucky, while McGrath here uh, is trying to say, uh, you know, not so much. You've been there a long time. Uh, you have no fresh ideas. Uh, is that typical when, uh, you know, a newcomer is attempting to unseat a longtime incumbent? Yes, except that she's got a harder road to hoe because of this, is that he's not just a senator who's been in the Senate a long time. Um, you know, that would be a much more effective argument, like we need new blood or something. Um, when you are the Senate Majority Leader, you have a profound amount of power. So, you know, it's not just Kentucky. I mean, however Kentucky votes, Kentucky votes. But they do happen to have a senator that has an enormous amount of power because he's the Senate Majority Leader, more so than a senator from my home state of Wisconsin that doesn't have that, uh, that, doesn't have that role. So, he, you know, he has a terrific amount of power. There's no question about it. Well, it's going to be an, an interesting debate uh, tomorrow night. I we'll want to remind our viewers that you can catch Full Court Press with Greta Van Susteren. That's coming up at 11.30 here on WKYT. We really enjoy your show. And I, I know that you try to make it a, a combination of national issues with sort of a local uh, focus, right? Well, every, politics are local. And actually, you know, the reason why, Bill, I mean, not just to... to brag on you, but the reason why you're so good at doing this debate is because you live in Kentucky and you know and breathe Kentucky issues, so you're in a much better position than someone coming from Washington, New York to do it. So, you know, politics are local and the people who know so much about it are the people who live in the community. So, again, more pressure on you tomorrow night. <laughs> Greta Van Susteren, thank you so much. We appreciate you being with us. And that is Kentucky Newsmakers. We do want to thank you for joining us. Again, Full Court Press with Greta at 1130 coming up this morning. And we'll see you for the debate at 7 o'clock Monday evening on WKYT. Make it a good week ahead.